Thank you for joining me today. Today we're going to start a new series, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. It's called Preparing the Way or Paving the Way for the Antichrist. It deals with the spiritual battle that we're in. I think by now most of our viewers know that we're in a, a fierce spiritual battle, and, and we shouldn't be surprised because the Bible predicted that we would be in this type of a spiritual battle in the last days. And so in our series, we're going to do seven distinct signs that the world is actually accepting and sometimes even encouraging endorsing the Antichrist. It's taking place now. Now, you know I don't believe that the church goes through the tribulation. I think the Bible is very clear on that. But the signs for the Antichrist and the signs for the tribulation are certainly here. And when you see these seven distinct signs welcoming the Antichrist, you'll see how close we are to the return of Christ because remember, we leave in the rapture before this tribulation ever begins. We're going to kind of divide our program into several different types of facts. One, Bible truths about the spiritual warfare. We need to know the enemy. We need to know the Antichrist. And then current events, world current events that show the Bible is coming true exactly as the Bible said. Join me now as we begin our new series, Paving the Way for the Antichrist. Uh, as you know, I enjoy speaking about the the second coming of Christ. And there's some earmarks that are found in the Bible that are so important. And, um, and so we want to look at those. And I think that um, this one in particular, uh, the Lord has really impressed on me uh, the nearness of the coming of Christ for the church. And um, I say that because um, I really think that I see the, the work of Satan more vividly today than I ever have in my life. And, uh, and if we think that we're not in a, in a battle, then, uh, then we're sure to be defeated. Because the, the Bible says that those who are Christians are in a battle, a spiritual battle. And uh, whenever you're in a physical battle, well, you, you try to prepare yourself physically, don't you? And so if we're in a spiritual battle, that means that we have to prepare ourselves spiritually. I recognize that, that maybe not everyone that's in the audience today or everyone who will see the, 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 the B-tip streaming might be ready for what we're going to talk about, but it's so important that I'm choosing to, to do this, and it probably will take at least uh, three, two sessions and possibly three, because um, even during the last several days, I've added some things to what we're going to look at today. So I want to go to... Um, uh, well, first of all, the, the idea of paving the way for the Antichrist. Uh, the Bible is clear that even in the Apostle Paul's day, 2,000 years ago, that the spirit of Antichrist was there. But there comes a time when the Antichrist will actually be impersonated by the devil. Now, that, that sounds strange, and maybe you think, okay, this is related to Halloween. No, it's not. And so I want you to turn your Bibles, first of all, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And, uh, and the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because I, I think that, that there's an opportunity for us to understand some things that are going on. And, uh, and one of those is the question that, that probably gets uh, asked about every time I do a conference, and it's this, when will the Antichrist appear? Now, when we talk about the Antichrist, remember that that there's a, a godly trinity. 
and there's a satanic trinity. And, and sometimes people get the idea that, okay, uh, these things are not real because you can't see them. Let me tell you, some of the most real things in life you can't see. And I think that's, the, that's something that Satan really uses. Matter of fact, in a minute, I'm going to give you seven or eight things to, to look at how that Satan and the Antichrist will make big inroads. And one of those is the devil. The devil likes for you to concentrate on things that you can see because he knows if, if he can sidetrack you with what you can see, then you're not going to be concerned with what you can't see. And... Um, and, it's, and so we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later when we talk about what does he do. So when does he appear? Well, the, the verse that I have on the screen is, is the critical one because here's what it says. And I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder and one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And so a scene in heaven in Revelation chapter 6, it's, there's a scene and, and we're going we're to go backwards in a minute. Because between chapter 4 and, and chapter 6, some incredible things take place. But in chapter 6, the scene is where the Lamb of God... Who do you think the Lamb of God is? Jesus, yeah. Because the Lamb, here's, here's how you know it's Jesus. It says this, that he was slain or crucified, and then he resurrected. And he was of the line of the tribe of Judah... The stock of David. Is there any doubt about who that is? Okay, got to be Jesus, right? And there's a celebration that takes place in heaven. And then there's a scroll. And this scroll is incredible. This scroll is sealed with seven seals. And every time one of those seals is broken, an aspect of judgment falls on planet Earth. Let me tell you, so bad that one of the seals alone, a fourth of all the population dies. So let's say we're about 8 billion people. 2 billion people will die in, in one seal. That's, that's horrific, isn't it? The world's never seen a, a, any, any catastrophe like that. A little later, another seal and a third of the world will die. So now we're down to 2 billion people. A third of 2 billion is 2 billion more. So now we have 4 billion people die in 2 of the 21 judgments. It's so bad in the tribulation that it says men, men and women will call on, on God to kill them. Because they can't endure the pain. So. This is when the whole thing begins. When does he appear? Chapter 6, verse 1. Now, the reason I'm warning you of that, and Mark, I left my flip right there. Would you mind advancing me one? Okay. So I, I, let's take a look at this chart, because if you look at this chart, see where the, the arrow is going up? That's called the rapture of the church. Somehow, those that are saved have got to get from earth to heaven because God says the wrath is going to fall on the earth in this seven-year period. He said, I don't want it to fall on people that have received Christ. It's going to be horrible. Okay? And so, Christ comes in the clouds, not to the earth, comes in the clouds, and everyone who's saved, who's born again, they're caught up to be with Christ in the air. Because, he said, Christ on the cross endured the wrath of God for you. 
And if he's borne the wrath for you, you're not going to be judged again for your sin. I don't want to tell you, I'm a happy man. Because guess what? I've sinned. Oh, yeah. And I deserve to go to hell. Now, I look around, some of you might be so good, you don't deserve to go to hell. But I deserve to go to hell. Never mind, I looked around again, and all of us deserve to go to hell. Okay? But Jesus died, so none of you have to go to hell. The Bible says this, he's not willing that any should perish. So, so why? Mark, why, why do I sit here Sunday after Sunday and beg people to come to Christ? You want to know why? I don't want you to, I don't want you to perish. I don't want the devil to get the advantage on you. Tad, why, why? Why do I think about this more than even calculus? <laughs> well, here's why. Because those that know Christ, they're going to they're go to be with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when you get to heaven, your eyes will see things that you never even imagined were true. That's going to be how incredible it is. We're up there. We're going to celebrate a, a, a wedding. We're going to have the judgment seat of Christ where you're going to get rewards. And then at the end of the seven years, see this arrow? We're going to come back down because this time when Christ comes down, he doesn't stop in the clouds. He comes all the way to planet Earth. And when he does, he brings the judgment and wrath of Almighty God. It's called the Battle of Armageddon. Now, the seven years in between, these are horrific. 21 judgments, seven seals. The first seal that he opens up, the Antichrist comes forward. The next seal, there's going to be war. Next seal, famine. Next seal, death. The seventh seal, when it opens up, now there's going to be seven trumpets, and they're going to, they're going to, when they sound the horn, they're going to announce seven more judgments. And when the seventh trumpet sounds, now seven angels come, seven bowls, and it gets even worse. It's called the Great Tribulation. Twenty-one judgments. Now, you can sit say, you know what, I don't even believe in God. Doesn't matter. You could lick your finger, say you don't believe in electricity, put your hand in the socket, and what will happen to you? It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. Okay? Sometimes I use the illustration. Someone will say, I don't believe in gravity. Okay? Go up to the roof of the building, jump. Wave your arms like you're flying. Guess what will happen? Gravity will take hold of you, and you'll die flapping your arms. So you, you don't have to believe in these things. Why? Because there's a force, like gravity, that's greater than you. And so those seven bowls are poured out. And during this time, the Antichrist is going to be revealed. The first seal that's opened up, the Antichrist comes. Now here's the, here's the thing that's so important. The Antichrist cannot come until chapter 6, verse 1, when the seal is opened. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, God says to John, he said, there's a voice that's going to sound like the sound of a trumpet. There's going to be an invitation come up here, and all that are saved are going to come up and, and be in the presence of God. Now, the rapture hasn't occurred yet. But you want to know why I think it's very close? Because the signs for the tribulation are very evident. In this study, I'm going to talk about seven main signs. At one time, I had ten. I've condensed them into seven. 
And we're not going to get to all of them today. Matter of fact, we'll probably only get to one or two of them today. And I know that on every one of these seven signs, someone is going to be offended. But I can't worry about you being offended. Because you know what? If the Bible says that it's true, if I predicted it, it may or may not happen. But if the Bible predicts it, it's going to be true. And you might say, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I'm sorry, your argument is with God, not with me. And so it's important to know when, because you see, as I see the preparation for the Antichrist, our, our, our world's getting ready to embrace the Antichrist. He's going to come and he's going to be so clever, so smart, that, that people are going to want him to, to lead the way. Now, let's go, let's go back, and Marcus helped me out a little bit, but I want to go back now to... Um, the, the third slide, and the, called The Mystery of Iniquity. Um, reading now in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and um, verses 7 through 9. Oh, well. You know what? Um, Mark, I, I don't know that this is the most up-to-date one. Look and see if there's another, um, another one. We, we, added a few, we added a few in there. Look for the one for New Jersey. In the meantime, let's read Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7. Here's what it says. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now hinders will continue to hinder until he be taken out of the way. You know what? There, there's something in the world today that is hindering the Antichrist from, from doing his devilish work. Verse 8, and then shall that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So while we're looking for that, because there's three or four Items there that are really going to be important. Um, that's okay. Maybe, maybe it will give me a chance. Uh, Mark, do you think you have that or? Okay, two minutes. Good. We're going to take a, a sidetrack because I want to tell you this anyway. Um, and um, so turn with me to um, Ephesians chapter six. Wonderful to know that that God has a plan for us, Ephesians chapter 6, and here's what it says. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That, that's quite a wrestling match, isn't it? Well, I don't, I don't know about you, but... Um, you know, if, if you're going to wrestle somebody, you want to pick someone that you think you can, can whip. So, so I go over to Sean. I say, come on, Sean. Bring it on. Stand up, Sean. You know, he's no, he's no midget. Okay. <laughs> what are you, 15 or 14? 17. Oh, 17. Oh, you're older than I thought. I could stand up here on this pew, but I still have a tough time. You see what I'm saying? 
I wouldn't have a chance. You want to know something? The Antichrist and the devil is bigger than Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hmm. He's always afraid I'm going to pick out of, pick out of every chapel, don't I? Stand up. Does this look like a fair fight? <laughs> I go easy on him. No. I, I, I don't have a chance, do I? You know that the Antichrist, the devil, is it's taller. He's taller than you. Okay, thank you. The Antichrist is bigger than anyone in the room. He's stronger than anyone in the room. He's smarter than anybody in the room. But he's no match for Jesus Christ. And, and you see, here's the thing. We, we, we think, okay, I'm going to take on everybody myself. I'm going to take, no. Listen, he, he has a plan. And so here's what it is. God knows that. And he says that we, we have a battle that's in spiritual, it's, it's a battle, spiritual battle. It's in high places. Do you understand how many times the Bible talks about things that occur that are just unbelievable? Now, the verse that we have up here now, he's called the mystery of iniquity. Okay. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now hinders will be taken out of the way. You see, when the church is raptured, the Spirit of God in the believers are going to be taken out of the way, and the Antichrist is going to have his full power displayed. Right now, something holds him back. What holds him back is that the, the Spirit of God in you, once you've received Christ, the Spirit of God in you is stronger than the devil. That's the only way. That's the only way we have a chance against the devil is the Spirit of God in us. Okay, and so when the rapture occurs, now, the next verse, and then shall that wicked one be revealed. He, he can't reveal himself fully until that time. But the word reveal there means to pull away the cover. So I do this as an illustration. You say, okay, where's the pencil? And you say, well, I, I can't see the pencil. But the Bible says, then will that wicked one be revealed. And to reveal means to pull away the cover. And you say, oh, there's the pencil. Now, the pencil was there all along, wasn't it? But when you had the cover on it, it you couldn't see it. The Antichrist, the devil, and the demons of Satan are at work right now. And you know what they do? They, they mess with your mind. There, there's eight characteristics that I'm going to talk to you about. I don't know if I'm going to get to those in, in today's message. There's eight things that he does, and, and every one of us here are susceptible to them. Five of them, you would almost embrace saying, wow, that, that, that makes you a nice person. <laughs> but Satan has a way to twist it. I'm going to show you what I mean. Is there anything wrong with eating fruit? So how did Eve get in trouble? It wasn't the fruit. You see, here, here's what the Antichrist and the devil want. They want you to do everything for the now. They want you to, to always do something that, that's really good for you. And you become the center of the thing. You're, you're worried about how, how does it make me look? How, 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 do I, how do I impress other people? No. Eve, Eve wanted excess. Eve, do you know Eve had plenty of food? 
and yet she was tempted with food. Satan tempts us with things that often we have enough of, but we just like the, the I'm going to say, the uh, abundance. We, we want it so there's no limit. Ever seen a, a, a kid at an amusement park? He, he wants no limit. And that's the way we are. As we come to the conclusion of our first part of this important program on paving the way for the Antichrist, you can see now, I believe, that the return of Christ for the church must be very near because the Bible is clear that the Antichrist will be revealed after the church is gone. But all the signs of the tribulation are here. And we've just started in our seven distinct signs, but they're coming. You see, Christ will come for the believers. The devil counts on deception instead of the truth. The devil counts on now instead of eternity. And Jesus is just the difference. But here's another way he's different. Christ comes to give eternal life. And Satan and the devil, well, they come to give eternal death. Today, I, I really think it's important that you understand, Jesus said this, you must be born again. Really, when it comes to Jesus and the Bible, you don't find him using the word you must very often. But the word must is there. You must be spiritually born again. And so today, as we come to the conclusion of this program, have you ever admitted to God that you're a sinner? Because you see, otherwise you're believing the lie of the Antichrist because today they would like for you to believe that there's no such thing as sin. There's just disagreements. There's just different points of view. No, the Bible is very clear. Admit to God that you're short of a standard. Admit to God that you are a sinner. Next, acknowledge that what Christ did on the cross was the payment for sin that satisfies a holy, righteous, wonderful God. I'm so glad that God in his love gave Christ to be the substitute for, for our sin on the cross. He died for me. He took my sin. He gave me his righteousness. What an exchange. And then to accept it, personally accept Christ as your Savior. I hope you'll do that today. You see, this could be your moment. This could be your moment to accept Christ because if so, you'll avoid the tribulation. You'll avoid the, the, the deceit and the lies of the Antichrist. Believers, soon we're going to be with Christ. Let's live for eternity. Not just for now, but let's live for eternity. Let's tell our friends, our family, those around us, that there's salvation in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today. Thank you for allowing us to study God's word. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ and that hope all sinners in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It sinners on the fact that he not only died for us, but he rose again. Father, bless us, we pray, as we continue to study your word and wait for the soon return of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.